Hello and welcome to the Bizpreneur podcast. I'm Kevin Ross and I'll be diving deep into conversation with entrepreneurs, hearing their stories, the highs, lows, tips, tricks and tactics, and most importantly to see where we can learn and hopefully be inspired. Hello everyone and welcome to the third episode of the Bizpreneur podcast. On today's podcast we have Jenny Murphy of the Red Balloon in Cork, the Queen of Balloons. Jenny shares her story on reaching 10 years in business, how COVID nearly destroyed her business and how she adapted to fight against it and how she made it a success. Thank you so, so much for tuning into today's episode and I hope you enjoy it. I will never, ever, ever forget the 13th of March. Lisa's quite funny because Lisa will kind of give me a colour away and just say, keep it simple now, keep it simple. Getting a delivery of 30,000 green, white and orange balloons. Look, there's no point turning up if you're not going to make a splash. Jenny Murphy of the Red Balloon Cork, you're very welcome to the Bizpreneur podcast. Thank you very much. So Jenny, before we talk about how you're hitting every part of Ireland with your balloons in a box, give our listeners a quick intro as to who you are and what you do. Um, well, I'm Jenny Red Balloon. Um, I lost my surname 11 years ago. Most people get married, but I opened a business. So it's been Jenny Red Balloon. And <laughs> it's very funny because sometimes when you rock up someplace and say, hi, it's Jenny Murphy, like, oh, sorry, no, you know, you're kind of like, you can't come in or we don't know you. And it's like, actually, just tell them it's Jenny Red Balloon looking for him. Oh, one second, Jenny, <laughs> we've been expecting you. <laughs> Quite an interesting, uh, I suppose, life. I would have done business and marketing in CIT. Then I went and did property studies in Bolton Street in Dublin. I was a fully fledged auctioneer and I turned around one day and opened up a gift shop in Ballancolic called Red Balloon, which proceeded into being a balloon business. And 11 years later, we're a balloon business. Wow. So where was the fork in the road? What made you go this route? Where did it all start? Well, I suppose when I was seven, I was definitely going to be self-employed. I went to school in the nicest national school in the whole country called uh, St. Joseph's in Riverstone. And my principal was just waiting for the day when I told him that I was running my own business because he knew at seven I was destined to run my own business. Your principal's like, this one definitely is a go-getter. Yeah, a little bit like that. I, I, I did actually run a school shop out of my school bag. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I, I'm not sure if you listened to my first podcast, but I had a similar kind of situation where I was going around the school selling and pockets full of change. And yeah. 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 No, that was me too. Yeah. And then um, I went to a flower arranging night with my mother, um, as you do when I was about 11 or 12. And I absolutely loved flowers from there on in. And we grew up in a pub. So there was always plenty of work around with that things. So I decided to make print off these posters and put them on the back of the ladies' toilet doors because ladies' toilet doors is you know where so many businesses start. <laughs> so I put up a sign saying, you know, Christmas candle arrangements, Christmas wreaths, and I put a little order book in behind the counter. Now, I didn't tell my mother I was doing this, but I did tell the guys in the bar and I told them what the different prices were and they were literally selling. They had a, uh, We had a little jar up behind the till for Jenny's flower arrangements. And at the end of the night, someone came and asked my mother and my mother was like, what? What are you on about? And I was like, I didn't know I had said orders taken at the bar, but all the guys knew about it. But neither my mother nor my father knew about it, but they were taking orders. So it was very, it was very funny. And was this your own pub, is it? Yeah, it was my own pub. Yeah, it was my own pub. Also, you've been stuck in business from a very young age, so you've seen how it all works. I sold my first pint when I was five. Wow. Okay, great. (laughs) And not only did I sell it, but by the... 
the person who I sold it to said I put up the pint now I had to bring in two crates to reach the tap but that was no bother I did that anyway the left hand went up with the pint and the right hand went up but can I have money please thanks I love that now starting off really young and just getting straight into it my little cousin Christopher um well he's not little anymore he's like six foot and he's only like 15 but he was five or six at the time inside my uncle's store. He pushed a box up behind the till, stood up on top of it and started serving customers at six years of age. You know, <laughs> and then the phone would ring. Hello, Ross essential buddy Duff. Not a bother in the world. But yeah, that's how it worked. He was happy out behind the counter. But look, looking at your story, you had everyone working behind the counter for you <laughs> yeah. as well as your parents. Um, so I always wanted to be a florist. I actually went to College of Piercing in Glamire, so being an Irish school, our subject choice meant that I couldn't actually do art. I suppose in my heart of hearts knew that I always wanted to do business. So I ended up having to do business, but not do art. I've never really done art um, outside okay. of primary school. A natural flair, because I've seen your Instagram and it's just like colour and, you know, everything's just so creative. I'm like, this one, I would have thought, would have come from an arts background. No, I went and did business studies. From that, I decided I was going to become an auctioneer. So then I went to Bolton Street and I did property studies and worked full-time as an auctioneer. Obviously, kind of uh, the bottom fell out of the market, and I uh, moved to Edinburgh, worked as a secretary. I am really good at doing things, but by God, sitting in the one place all day used to break my heart. Mm-hmm. And all I had to do was answer the phones and stuff, mm-hmm. where I just I just couldn't cope with it. And I'll never forget um, the principal secretary ringing um, my boss and saying, why does your secretary not answer the phone? And he's like, oh, she's doing some projects. It's like <laughs> She's not doing her job, but she's doing other projects. <laughs> exactly. Like, I, 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 I was just, I've always been a busy person and I've always been doing things. Mm-hmm. So, I, I honestly, like, I, I was the worst secretary that was ever invented. But, you know, I'm great at organisation, putting things together. And, like, I like the novelty of sitting at a desk for a day or maybe half a day. Actually, let's be realistic. An hour. An hour and I'm done. An hour. Gone. Let's go blow up some balloons now. Yeah. When I was at Edinburgh, though, I used to do art classes. I would have done jewellery making, copper wire making, decoupage, painting, furniture painting. You name it. I was like the busiest girl. And then I had suspended my my auctioneering degree because I was like, oh, sure, we're not going to do this anymore. And the lads in college with me harassed me. So I used to then came up with this brilliant brainwave that I would actually fly back from Edinburgh every second weekend to Dublin and do my auctioneering degree. It was actually quite funny. One day I, we did have a lecture and she questioned my commitment to the course. So you finished it? I finished it, yeah. Wow, okay. That was that was dedication, coming back every second weekend. Oh God, wow. it broke my heart. So you did your auctioneering, you did your kind of classes in the evening, constantly doing kind of artsy bits. And then where did it go from then to setting up Red Balloon? Um, well, I suppose there was an awful lot of groundwork for Red Balloon put in in Edinburgh. And then I came home in 2008, couldn't find a job, ended up working for a little while as a florist, which is what I always wanted to do. And I absolutely loved it. But the very sad story is my hands are too small. What? I can still wear my communion gloves. Wow. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> okay <laughs> so um my hands didn't grow um i have teeny tiny hands being a florist that didn't work gotcha so that's why the scale true look starts that i couldn't become a florist that i had spent my whole life dreaming of becoming you had to just adapt 
I just had to adapt. So I decided to, in 2009, which is obviously a brilliant time to open up a business, especially in retail. So we opened up a, I opened up a gift shop in Ballancolic called a Red Balloon, thankfully. And it was a gift shop with pretty gifts and some balloons. Okay. Within two years, a lovely electrician called Ken O'Connell in Ballancolic had called in one day. Now, Ken is a tall guy, like he's six foot odd, he's electrician, fit out, was doing Iron Man in his sleep, you know, that kind of guy. Gotcha, yeah. And Ken, like my gift shop now was probably the same size as like, you know, a, a kitchen. It was a small gift shop and I couldn't see Ken and Ken couldn't see me. So Ken is standing at the door having a conversation with me and he to- told me, just, Jenny, will you stick to the knitting? And I was like, what are you on about, Ken? He's like, stick to the knitting. It's the balloons that's working. You've all this extra stuff and it's balloons, balloons that are going out the door. Mm-hmm. So within probably three months, I just thought, I suppose, as a very visual person, stick to the knitting meant so much more to me than what's your gross margin and what's your, you know, all this kind of stuff. Stick to the knitting is like, okay, concentrate at one thing and become the best you can at it. So I closed up the gift shop, moved to a studio. I will say inverted commas. It was kind of a temporary solution that ended up being for quite a while. And then in June 2019, I moved into the studio of my dreams and I'm so happy and so excited by it. it. I had actually had my eye on it for about five years and uh, managed to convince a friend of mine that it was the best buy for him. So he bought it and I went to the front of it. Is this the one that you have your logo up on as in that I saw yeah. Instagram? It's massive. Yeah. Check out her Instagram. It's really, really cool. Thank you. Um, and it's Red Balloon Cork on Instagram as opposed to Jenny Red Balloon. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's the one time I didn't use Jenny Red Balloon. That. So, yeah, so we moved there and 2019 was really interesting. The creativity levels were on fire and uh, we celebrated 10 years in business. Wow. Proper, proper party, great fun and a great team. It was just really, really exciting. Like I was just bubbling with enthusiasm because I had a proper space that I could work in and it was really creative. We'd all our photographs up and it was fab. So you went from the gift shop to the studio and then onto an even bigger warehouse. How did you comprehend even making that decision? You know, because obviously that comes with more responsibility and more costs. And then of course, how did you get the supply? How did all that come to fruition? How did you face that challenge? So I'm a certified balloon artist. I done most of my training in the US. So I go to the US usually for a week every year and I attend um, either the World Balloon Convention or a float and where I've lo- learned a serious amount of my trade. It was easier to go to America for a week than to kind of be up and down to Dublin or the UK for courses. Yeah. So, you know, you kind of go and spend a week submersed in like, oh, you're totally submerged in balloons. Like, it's not even funny. And I bet you there's so many people that say to you, that's there, that's a thing. Like that. Yeah, oh thing. yeah, totally. They're like, are you crazy? Like, there's a whole convention for balloons. Like, and we take over a whole hotel. I had a roommate over there and she used to take it one afternoon. We went shopping. So I went and stocked up on good old Nine West shoes. And oh, I was just fantastic. And like, I, I made like really good friends. 
and contacts and networks you know for ideas down the line and you're probably following their feeds they're following you you're all growing off each other oh yeah so like i can happily go to america and stay in like 20 people's houses and that is perfect and i have been to visit my balloon brother in australia and I stayed with him for a week. I only had to work one day, which was brilliant. Um, that's all I had to do for my bed and board for a week in Love Brisbane. It. While the industry is worldwide, there's a very small community. Mm-hmm. And like any of the lads coming over, I would always put them up, bring them out for dinner or whatever. It's sometimes not what you learn in the classroom. It's the person playing with balloons on the, on the corridor that teaches you something that you're like, oh, wow, I never knew that. And, you know, it's like even... So when I started first, I only used one brand of balloons because that's all I knew. And then I went to America and found that there was a whole new cool brand of balloons that hadn't even come into Ireland that I was using. And sure, it was a game changer. But, you know, and that's the way you learn and you create friends and you have contacts and you know that if you had a question, you could pick up the phone. Well, one night I was making an elephant. I was making a life-size elephant for a company called Horton Works in One Albert Key. And at 2 a.m., things weren't looking well for this poor elephant. <laughs> and I'll never forget ringing Matt in Australia. And he was like, what is wrong? I was like, my elephant doesn't look right. And he was like, you haven't done this. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. So, like, he actually thought that the poor elephant was going to be put down before, like, morning. And now bearing in mind... <laughs> pop <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you're like oh no like you know i'd spent two days working on it in the workshop it just needed that someone just to say yeah you're going the right way you're fine you just need to fi- fix this and this and that'll get you the shape and you're finished you know yeah i love that now and like sure it was like the day that i met you in park Cueve. i was a marketing intern at the montanati hotel for college and i remember seeing this lady in the corner that was t- that had just balloons everywhere i was like this is madness altogether i think it's probably building a wall actually i'd say that's what i was probably doing the first thing you'd see going in the door is the balloons look there's no point turning up if you're not going to make a splash yeah you said it you said it you said and then of course from 2019 the things started to go really busy that was an exciting year for you then yeah it was fab yeah and like so i suppose i was never so geared up for 2020 we had started like with just some great projects and stuff like that we had some fab weddings planned and oh we had some super duper corporate events that we were just so looking forward to getting our teeth into and boom crash yep yeah so i will never ever ever forget the 13th of march i I suppose i knew there was something imminent coming and i suppose i was lucky that i i suppose because we're in the events industry they kind of started pulling that kind of first Mm -hmm. i suppose Something I will never ever forget is getting a delivery of 30,000 green, white and orange balloons and finishing counting it. And by the time I finished counting out the, the bags of balloons, the phone started hopping with the first parade that we were supposed to be doing for Paddy's Day was Cove and Cove cancelled their parade. Stop it. And then next thing, Cork City Parade was cancelled. And, you know, so literally I'm just looking, <clears throat> I'm just looking at I suppose all the work that we had planned gone and then Leo Braggart came on the radio and basically said the schools are cut or were being shut down and I was signing forms for the team to go you know to be signed off yeah Jenny that would nearly bring a tear to an eye I mean 2019 went so well looking forward to 2020 having 30,000 balloons ready for St. Patrick's Day. 
and then literally, simply, just crunch. Stop. No, no. Zero. Like. <sighs> yeah. Like, and every time the phone rang from there on in, it was a cancellation, looking for a refund, cancellation, looking for a refund. And so communions had been booked, parties had been booked, so everything had been booked. And, you know, that was really, really difficult because you're obviously dealing with the drama that came with COVID, but then you're dealing with, you know, customer after customer ringing and looking for refunds and, you know, cancelling their events, obviously, which you knew they were going to be happening, but it was actually the refunds that almost nearly... And money and cash flow. Because, yeah, you didn't have it, like, and you still had, you know, but yeah, I suppose if that, that, that was probably the hardest part was... Every time the work phone rang, you just knew that it was somebody looking for a refund. And, you know, sometimes you have to say, look, lads, I don't have the money today, but I'll have it next Thursday or whatever, you know, because you were gauging what was when you were going to have money again. Okay. Because obviously, uh, like I suppose, in 2019, I invested so heavily in the business. Uh, we moved premises. We did a rebrand. We bought a new van. And we'll get to the van in a while. This is the most exciting <laughs> part of the podcast. Wait until this now. I'm obsessed. Go on anyway. <laughs> um, bought a new van. Um, took on new um, staff members. Like, I suppose as a year, I invested so heavily in the business. So then there wasn't that much left over when COVID hit because I had been planning on scaling up. And I had put in a serious amount of work into scaling up. Okay. And and from there, right, we can go along and we can talk about, you know, how you adapted to COVID. But first, I want to counteract all that kind of really, as you could call it, sadness and heartbreak and, you know, effort put in and not getting anything out of it with the sunshine and rainbows of the business. That's how I put it in every podcast and say, like, from when you started, what was the peak moment where you were like, go on, this is class. I was like, you've done something right here. You know, the moment where you kind of sat back and said, it's going somewhere. Um, so in about 2012 or 13, I always had this thing in my head that I was going to have a 19C99 van on the road. <laughs> and I met Sean McIntyre, who would have been my one of, would have been one of my marketing lecturers in CIT one day in Dunn's. And I told him, I was like, Sean, I was thinking about buying a van and... Um, the reg plate is going to be 99. And he said, Jenny, you have to. 99 red balloons. Of course. <laughs> That's what everyone would say. Oh, how will I remember your business? And then you just say, Nina, 99 red balloons. They're like, oh my God, brilliant. 99 red balloons. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, and that's how people remember you. You know, it's, it's, it's a, you know, it's nice to have, I suppose, <clears throat> a good, reputable business. But when you have a song that everyone knows that goes with it, it's like, woohoo, look at us. <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, when I saw that, when I saw that pop up on Instagram, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I was showing people. They were like, oh, yeah, OK, yeah, great. Yeah, great. And I was like, but this is amazing. She has 99 on her number plate. She bought the 99 red. I was like, this is class, you know. And then it was like 192C99. Yeah. <laughs> so I had obviously been planning this for quite a long time. And obviously buying a new van was a big investment. So if you're buying a new van, you have to have a christening party. Oh, yes. So I sent out text messages to a lot of my friends and invited them to the christening party of the brand new 
man van it's because it's man is the brand so they make lorries as well so i bought a brand new man van most of them just went yeah yeah whatever and didn't turn up by god they were sorry because <laughs> i'm intrigued <laughs> we had a proper christening party clonakilty based band called big loving play in the front garden of my house and i live in the state in clon and it was the first of july and the sun shone and it was the most magical evening that you've ever had and the ice cream van rocked up and the whole estate came out to listen to the music to have one of those really chillaxed in your own back garden well front garden evenings with the sun setting and it was just fab and we had a christening party for the van any excuse for a party in ireland any excuse for a party well we were so lucky because that summer it was fairly crappy but this night the first of july was absolutely like the picture perfect night and it just brought everyone from the estate out and uh, a gang of my friends my uncle was home from australia and and my sister came from Kerry and we just had the best crack ever. You're never going to forget that. That is like, as in, as I say, the highest moment, like that is peak. That is really cool vibes, you know. But it was cool because like, OK, so obviously you have to invite all the neighbours if you're going to put a band in your front garden. But it just brought everyone out and there was such banter and anyone who was on holidays was just green with envy. <laughs> they're like... Sickened. Then my mother was like, are you going making sandwiches? I was like, oh God, no, 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 not sandwiches. I was like, get Vicky and Glamorous as a sort of with an ice cream van and sure Vicky sorted it all out and we're all sorted. Wow, you're after putting such a smile on my face from hearing that story now, Ginny. I really, yeah, that, that's just class. There's actually, there's a video as well that actually has the actual christening of the van that the guys from Big Loving, brilliant brand, really go crack. They, we actually, like, they went round with their tambourines and we threw water on it. And, oh, my God, it was just hilarious. Like, Jenny, if you want to go viral on TikTok, that's the video you use. Oh, yeah, actually. <laughs> that is the video you use. Red Balloon going absolutely viral online sales go through the roof. <laughs> I never thought of that, actually. That's one in storage. Um, yeah, that's, that's a brilliant one, actually. Maybe. No. That might launch my TikTok career. TikTok. And, you know, TikTok, as I said in every podcast so far, it is... Brilliant. Maybe I should download the app. Stop it. <laughs> Get with it, Jenny. And it's not just all about dancing. And I go on it every day and I learn so much. It could teach you about different things to tweak in your website. It teaches you about mortgages. It teaches you about social media. I mean, it's endless. Endless. It kind of the algorithm tweaks it to whatever you like. Yes, yeah, so we had the, the low and we have had the high. And then, of course, right, um, COVID-19. How did you adapt? Um, so initially I didn't do anything and I went painting my utility room, uh, ceiling gold. Oh. So that took 10 coats of paint. So that kept me quite busy for a while. And the room is only about a metre and a half square. So don't ever paint a ceiling gold. Paint anything else gold, but not a ceiling. So the World Balloon community came up with this idea of one million bubbles because everyone's being affected by COVID. And the idea was you did some display in your locality just to bring a bit of cheer to their lives okay and so on easter sunday i decided to start inflating balloons and my housemate at the time josie was just like oh god what are you at but anyway came up she uh, she got on board and helped me for a friend uh, helped me the following morning at 6 a.m i hung lights out the windows of the house 
and I attached balloons, um, these giant firecracker balloons all outside and um, it was all done by about, about half past six in the morning. My first person I met was one of my neighbours and she's like, what is that sound? And then she just burst out laughing. She was just like, I have not laughed like this in weeks. Um, wow. Then um, my other neighbours started waking up and it was like the WhatsApp group for the estate was going a bit mental, kind of going, Jenny, what are you doing? <laughs> She's lost it. <laughs> and, but what I had noticed is in the previous few weeks, say anyone going out for their walk or whatever, they weren't talking. You know, people were frightened to say hello and to engage, even at your social distance. When... The balloons were up, everyone sure. Everyone came over to have a look at them and had a chat. And sure, by lunchtime, there was dinners being dropped into my house and fresh cookies and stuff like that. I was sorted, Aww. absolutely sorted. But it was just people were so delighted to have something to talk about. And it was some bit of happiness around the bit, a, a, a bit of colour. A bit of colour, yeah, and it was great. And then next thing I decided I better, like, I'd been up now with the crack of dawn, so <laughs> I, had, I was going climbing back into bed. And going for a snooze. And next day I got a phone call from Dan Lennon in the examiner. He was coming down to take photographs. Oh my so God. I was like, up out of bed and anyway, make myself look presentable. <laughs> and um, he took some fabulous photographs. Actually, they're, they're, they're really fab photographs. And uh, she were in the front of the examiner the following day. And then TV3 contacted me and TV3 came down. We're coming down on Tuesday. So this was Monday morning. So TV3 came down on Tuesday morning. And did interviews with people in the estate and the big joke was that the showers had been going non-stop and there'd been makeup put on and lipstick put on and clothes <laughs> that weren't leggings and that, that weren't <laughs> leggings and t-shirts put on <laughs> yeah 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 um so there was uh lots of people interviewed and i was great crack on easter monday i realized going okay am i going to do something or am i not and i had previously been begged for by a lady called Avril Alcher, who owns um, Ross Carberry Black Pudding and Ross Carberry Recipes. And she had begged me to send a balloon to her uncle, who was 90 in Dublin. I had arranged it, and then I was kind of like, oh, maybe this is what we could do. Wow. And on Easter Monday, I said, there's no point in being in the front of national newspapers. And not taking advantage of it. Yeah. So we had a Zoom call between... My IT friend, my website designer and my um, my photographer friend. And between us, we hashed together um, a website and a bit of a plan. And uh, yeah, we were online uh, by the end of that night and we were selling balloons. It gets really interesting now, right? At the time, I had three housemates, okay? So then we started selling balloons. So I, I can honestly tell you that living and working with balloons when... So you've got a communal kitchen, come down your room, and a sitting room. And you've got a hallway full of boxes. So every morning I used to go out into said van at 5am and inflate the balloons. Fantastic. And then when the girls used to go to work, I used to bring the balloons into the house and label and put the, put the personalisation on them and make up the boxes and send them out. So in the evenings I'm working away making up the boxes and doing the labelling and writing the cards and all this kind of stuff. And then in the morning, bringing the balloons into the house. Yeah. So it was absolute madness and poor Josie who lived with me I honestly think that she was eating latex more often than not for dinner because there was no kitchen table because the machines were on the kitchen table 
and the the printers and everything and you just tried to make it all work and it was completely crazy you were lucky Josie didn't come in with a needle <laughs> and she just started popping left right and center <laughs> well she was very 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 kind and very very good and very patient <laughs> like she was going off doing her work and then coming home every evening going oh my god can i will i make it to the cooker like will i actually be able to physically get to the cooker but that's amazing just sales started coming through straight away from like the the online and through the paper and everything yeah yeah it was fab you know it's all been a complete and utter roller coaster okay so at this stage you're working from home eventually the buzz of the paper starts to die down how did you get the message out there that you were still in business that you were still working what was your marketing strategy um i suppose an awful lot has been through social media i have chosen not to do any paid advertising because this money isn't there and i suppose if you receive a box of happiness and something that makes you smile and laugh you're going to tell someone you're going to tell someone are you going to send i'm going to send that to mary for her birthday next month and we've been really lucky. Like, there's been little pockets of areas like Longford. And uh, actually, one of the first orders that went out was sent by one of my neighbours. I ran um, Ray Callagher from the Montanotti, actually, as it happens. Oh, yes. They say that's a market manager. Yeah. So Ray and I are neighbours. And uh, Ray sent a balloon to his nieces, niece and nephew. Like, and he was just like, I want to be the first one to put it in an order <laughs> when I told him what I was doing. And, you know, it's just been lovely just to see how many people are... Just to, like, I suppose, receiving something positive. That's nice. And putting a smile on your face. And no matter whether you're 9 or 90, everyone everyone enjoys a balloon. Opening up a, a box and a balloon popping out, sure, who would not smile? You'd want to be awful <laughs> grim to not smile at that, you know. I noticed that I was getting loads and loads of photographs back of kids in boxes, kids colouring the boxes, kids, you know, playing hide-and-go-seek, making castles, you name it. I was having a chat with my sister and she said, oh my God, why don't you make it colour me in boxes? And we decided, uh, with the help of Jolene Cronin, Jolene, my brother, and I kind of designed a box idea. Okay. And um, so the idea was is that like there's a castle on one side, um, there is a photo frame on the other side, there is a country scene on the other side and there is a rocket so you can draw and color in and it's just so much fun so That's like fabulous if you're for if you're say having your 40th birthday you'd be like oh sure i don't need that box but with little people you've got a babysitter for a few hours <laughs> to keep them occupied so you can enjoy said g and t while you have like uh, a box babysitter <laughs> i was speaking to someone recently and they said that they still have their box um it now holds all their toys because they wow. really like it and they sustainability so there that's what sustainability <laughs> yeah and then yeah. of course you 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 more than likely had so many parents around the country saying this is fantastic it it started their art class for their homeschooling yeah, <laughs> they were like color in that box now and that's your art class for today and you mentioned when we were talking on before here um you mentioned about hula hoops yeah so our Hulus are gorgeous. They're just really, really, really beautiful. And they're really elegant and tasteful. And they're fab for like lockdown weddings and stuff like that. That you want to send something lovely and uh, like a decoration. You know, this is one that you can, you know, have in the back of your Zoom meeting, your Zoom calls and stuff like that. And so as of two weeks ago, after four months, I finally got my hoop box has arrived in came down in double pallets and the box is bigger than myself and I'm quite short but um you get my creative coloring on it as I send the boxes out just to keep the 
the DPD guys are like aware that there's something really special in this box so we do some drawing on it a lady receiving a, a hoop today and she's turning 70 and her the grandchildren sent it to her and you know there was a little girl turned seven during the week and you know she got one and it's just lovely and describe what they look like it like it, it, is it like flowers are on the top or is it balloons or stencils or they're three quarter filled with balloons and then there is a personalized plate in the center which would be like um kevin's pure podcasts <laughs> and you know so you pick your color scheme and we put flowers into it or you know you might have black and gold that might have some stars in it and stuff like that and then i suppose jenny have you found it going back so you're at it over 10 years now right have you found it since then of kids parties getting bigger you know um things being more extravagant from probably your weight on the table with your three balloons hanging off it to themed balloons to arches to banners you know yeah i suppose um for the last few years we'd kind of really had built up some brilliant links with, I suppose, the corporate world. I remember getting a message from Hilda in Brown Thomas saying, just looking for something really simple and really discreet. Um, I was like, okay, yeah. And then I sent her this. She goes, oh my God, I love it. They were doing an in-store fashion show one evening and I had this idea of like floating arches with floral on them. And she absolutely loved it. She's like, I'm not sure what I want. I would have an interest in flowers and stuff as well. So I'd often combine flowers and foliage and lights with my displays to create something a little different yeah i was on your instagram and i saw this massive art and that's what brought me to this question as to say how kids parties have come from you know the small little tree balloons on a on a weight i saw just jordan's lisa jordan's um it was it was class it was amazing it was like it was just it was like being inside in the hotel and like this big photo backdrop and it was yeah. amazing. And it's great and it's great fun. Like um, we did Lisa's baby shower during the summer and Lisa's quite funny because Lisa will kind of give me a colour way and just say, keep it simple now, keep it simple. Um, and I'm like, hmm, hmm, I'll definitely keep it simple, Lisa. <laughs> Jenny goes crazy. <laughs> and Like it's great because you're working with the likes of Tracy from Tracy Cakes and so that one was in the Imperial and it was quite funny because we were, I was just like, so if we lift this up here and lift this here and put that there and, you know, uh, Bastian, the manager of the Imperial was like, who is the Steva coming in and changing everything about my hotel? And then, you know, half an hour later, I'm helping, you know, hoover the floor because I've put pampas grass all <laughs> over it, you know. And then everyone's like, wow, this looks amazing. So it's quite fun, you know, being able to kind of see a vision to combine like Trace's fantastic cakes with the beautiful setting of the penthouse and the imperial and to make, you know, all our businesses shine. Yeah. Like yeah. everyone benefits. I suppose I'm really lucky that in the last 11 years, I have made very good friends with an awful lot of my customers. And like I have one family who I have been literally working for for the last 11 years. It's nice being able to have built that rapport with people. And, you know, like it's often, I suppose, just you got to know them, you got the chat. Both their 40ths, we would have done, you know, birthdays along the way. There, uh, We'd done some balloons for the hen party and the wedding celebrations. Like, you get to know people and it's lovely. That's the difference. Like, you know, that like... A little transparency, do you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and like, yeah. We're, I'm so lucky. Like, And seeing as you've, you've come so far from starting your business over 10 years ago to now adapting so well to COVID-19, 
what advice will you give to anyone starting up a business or sitting on an idea or someone actually in business? If you really want to do it, you'll get up your ass and do it. You said it. You said it. <laughs> you're not the first person to say that. It's like, if you want to do it, you'll do it. Yeah. And if you're really doubtful about it, you're not convinced. And if you're not convinced, like being in business is tough work. Like for me, being in the event industry means that I've missed out on so many occasions. And if I turn up on time, they will be shocked and hired. But it's usually because you have a job to do along the way or you have to just, you know, oh, I better check in on that. Or there's last minute order from someone who you've worked with 20 times before and you can't let them down. And business is very personal. And anyone who tries to convince you that it's not like, you know, anyone can have these, in theory, website gold mines. But you have to put the time in and build the rapport and get to know the people because the people are the people who who contact you and refer you and like business self-employment is tough but the rewards are great and you get to meet fabulous people but if you're not committed to it it'll absolutely exhaust you and it'll flop you know because if you're not in yourself you can't be in it at all yeah look i suppose i suppose the one thing that Jenny Red Balloon needs to always be is no matter how shit things are, it always needs to sound like I'm the most positive, most chirpy person in the whole wide world. And then, so right, I'm going to fire one question at you and uh, it's going to put you on the spot. Um, Jenny, tell us something interesting about yourself that nobody knows. Um, something interesting that nobody knows. The responses I've gotten for this question has been crazy. Oh, actually, actually, it was probably more interesting. I never see things in black and white. I always see them in colour. Love it. That's probably a bit more me, really. That's cool. I love that one, though. I love that one. And look, tell our listeners where they can find you, um, how they can get in touch with you, how they can order from you, and um, with regards to social media, website, everything else. So everything is on our website, redballooncork.com, and on our Instagram and Facebook page, at redballooncork. We look forward to hearing from you, and... We deliver smiles nationwide. Love it, love it. Jenny, thank you very much for being my second guest for the Bistrepreneur podcast. It was it was a really eventful hour and I really enjoyed it. It, it was really good. Was that before or after the heartbreak of the first 20 minutes going, oh Jesus. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I can't hear you. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> Look, it all turned out well today and thank you very much for joining me. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning into the third episode of the Bistrepreneur podcast. What a crazy week with all the messages and support for the first two episodes. I really, really, really appreciate it. Plus, we're on Instagram. Check it out, Bistrepreneur podcast. Give us a follow. And also, I'd really appreciate if you like, subscribe, rate, review, screenshot, put on your story, whatever it is, all that good stuff. And I hope to see you back here next Thursday for episode four. Thank you and goodbye.